I'm Ashley. And I'm Kate. And welcome, welcome to, to For Some, some Reason. Reason, a podcast where we give play-by-plays and color commentary on all forms of media. While we don't hold ourselves to any rules, you probably hear me focusing more on historical and folkloric contexts. And this is my big chance to use my degree in film production and cinema studies. Follow along as we discuss... Impedigor! Yeah, so we're keeping with our... Asian horror movie trend. Last week we watched The Medium, which was from Thailand. This time we're watching Empedagor, which is from Indonesia. We first watched this back when the movie came out in 2019. And this is my first Indonesian movie, full stop, of any genre. And I have to say, it really set the bar pretty hot in terms of production value and storytelling. This was great. Yeah. I feel like I may have seen a, a different Indonesian film in my, I'm sure I have at some point in my history, but like, can't remember the name i'm so sorry but this was like across the board an amazing film i I agree set the bar for indonesian or probably indonesian film for me and also just like an amazing horror film i really really enjoyed this yeah um the whole way through but particularly i think the first the first scene of this is like one of the best strongest horror scene intro scenes i've seen in decades for sure yeah i'd agree i i think it's cold open really sets the tone like mm-hmm. from the jump, like what are you expecting? It's going to be this, and you'll yeah. hear about it later. Absolutely, um, yeah. The tone and like the the dialogue also, I think, is what's so strong in this. Like the dialogue's so strong to me in that mm-hmm. in that scene, and, and you can obviously please say what you want to, but because it really does just feel like two friends who are like like shooting the shit on the phone while they're at work, right. but they should not be on the phone, right? Like it just feels so natural. Exactly, it's I feel great. like. Maya's character probably had less wiggle room because her her character is like very like has to follow certain cues. Mm-hmm. But Dini felt so authentic. I was like, I feel like that actress is Dini. Like that she was great the whole time. Dini was my favorite character. Mm-hmm. I really liked her attitude. I really like I really liked everything about her. Um, I agree. Yeah. And not that I don't like Maya. Maya's great. Maya's the actual main character of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, as you'll hear as we go through it, but this is so fun. If you have uh, not seen it yet, before you listen to the episode, I really encourage you to go watch it. We're going to be throwing out a lot of names. Remember, this is from Indonesia. So forgive any pronunciation mistakes for one, but two, yes. just so it's a little bit easier for you guys to follow along this time. It's mm-hmm. on Shutter, and you can also just rent it. Mm-hmm. But if you can, please go do. It's made too, by Rappi Studios. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just last when we kind of like previewed it, we gave a lot of warning that it's very gory. It is quite gory, but I will say I forgot it's not as gory as I thought. Like I feel like you could like if you're if you're averse to gore, you could get by with some covering the eyes. I think yeah. you don't have to skip the whole film. I think you could watch it. Yeah, I will agree. It is less gory than I remembered. I think I'm just sensitive to any gore because I rarely watch stuff with gore at all. Mm-hmm. So when I do see it, it's like, oh man. But it's actually not that bad. So yeah, you can cover your eyes. Mm-hmm. They give you enough warning that you have time to get your fingers over them. But it's really fun. You get to see a lot of really great actors. And this is directed by Joko Anwar. Again, this is the first movie I've seen by him. 
could not find a budget. I'm not sure if you could, but in revenue, this did make $5.13 million and the runtime is 108 minutes. So a little bit long, but the pacing is good. So you won't be bored. Yeah. Very good pacing. Sometimes like even like, I feel like if a film is two hours long, like maybe 10 minutes could be cut out. But I felt like this was, you know, the whole time it was, it was using its screen time. Even a couple questions that I had left that I was like, I would have liked to see that explored a tiny bit more as we'll get into. But also it did break records in being nominated. It was the, it's the currently the most nominated Indonesian film of all time with 18 nominations. I can um, see why. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was and then you might see it called a 2021 film in some places because it was submitted to the 2021 Oscars for Best International Film. Should have gotten in there, but... They don't uh, like it, horror. You know how it is. Yeah, exactly. I would probably categorize this as, like, supernatural horror. That's what I thought, too. To maybe, like, folk mm-hmm. slash occult horror. Like, somewhere within those genres. Yeah. I've seen it described as a as a folk horror on well on IMDb, but it did it did get me to Google, which you'll hear me and Ashley kind of discuss. We Googled a lot for this to to have to be better informed, but that being said, we just Googled. We don't know very much about Indonesian culture. Mm-hmm. I'm super interested and I'm definitely Googling a lot more now and mm-hmm. want to see more more and more films and learn more. But that said, we're not going to go super into the culture because we're just not of it. We don't want to speak on things we. We're not well informed on. Yeah, especially that this has a lot to do with like traditional practices and traditional religious um, beliefs. And both of us want to be very sensitive to that. And again, we're not authorities on anything related to that, but mm-hmm. it's really so fascinating. Saying something, yeah, we Googled it. You should Google it. It's, yeah, very. Yeah, fair. definitely Google things because it's mm-hmm. super interesting. So we do have a couple like star actors in this mm-hmm. um, stars for us. We think that they're really good, but the main actress is Tara Bosro who plays Maya, Marissa Anita, who plays Denny, who's the, her best friend. Amazing. There's Asmara Abigail who plays Arathi. Arathi. Arathi yeah. really. Yeah. And Christine Hakim, who plays Misty, who is the mother of one of the characters, not, not either the two women, someone else. Mm-hmm. And Ario Bayou, plays mm-hmm. I think this man is very attractive I oh, think yes. I told you this the first time I watched yes. it <laughs> agreed, agreed. Um, and he's in another movie and I was like mm-hmm. yeah so I think those are really the main people you need to know before we go in mm-hmm. and the IMDb plot is Maya with her best friend Denny <laughs> tries to survive in a city without a family she realized that she might inherit a property from her rich family Maya returns to the village with Denny, unaware of the danger was waiting for her. So I just quick aside, <laughs> I don't think that this is written by a native English speaker, oh, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why it's a bit awkward. This is actually verbatim taken from it. So like mm. the interesting grammar okay. is on IMDb. So I, I don't think this is written by like a native English speaker, which is why it might be kind of weird. And that's mm-hmm. not exactly how I describe the plot as like a quick snippet, but we'll get into it and you guys will hear the whole shebang. My sources for this are of course, IMDb, Wikipedia, and (laughs) this website I found because I wanted to do some money conversions called Mm -hmm. timedoctor.com, which had the average salaries for people in Indonesia. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to know that. 
or yeah. a reason you'll hear. Mine's all just Google, Wikipedia, IMDb, because I, I didn't go that last step. I did Google the conversion and then I went to like the five year graph to see where it was in 2019. Mm-hmm. But that was that was as worth it. Listen, they said a number in here and I was like, that's I need to know. Yeah, I that's a huge number. Because <laughs> it, it was a very large number. As we get into it. Yes. So there's a cold open. Two women are working in toll booths talking to each other on the phone. They're not in the same place. So Maya is by herself and Denny is in a more busy location. Eventually, Maya puts her phone on speaker, but remarks that there aren't really many people passing through her toll. She then tells Denny that there's this man in an older car who's basically stalking her. He's passed through her toll multiple times that day, but Denny tries to like calm her fears about this man who keeps coming through. Mm-hmm. As they're talking, an old song plays on the radio and the stalker comes through the toll again, but then just like stops his car and stares menacingly at her. And there's a really nice shot here because there is a red light that is shining back on his face. So he's just like bathed in all this red light and looks super menacing. I'll mention a few times. I almost feel like there were there were a couple times where I felt like this is definitely a reference, but I can't quite pick the reference. Mm-hmm. But there are multiple references in like to other horror films in this movie. And then the red light, I think it's just like a, a genre, like kind of fan thing of like red means scary. Let's right. get as much red as we can. Right. And it made, I, it made good use of it without it feeling cheesy. It was, it was great. Yeah, it doesn't feel cheesy. It, it feels appropriate because he's in a toll booth. There's lights mm-hmm. everywhere. The man only moves when a truck comes behind him and starts honking their horn Mm -hmm. after the man and the subsequent truck passes we see in the distance the man has actually stopped his car at the side of the road after the toll and is now walking back towards her toll booth denny says hey i'm calling the police make sure everything's locked the the toll window door everything Mm -hmm. and it takes my a bit to get everything all locked up but she does and this man knocks on the window three times. We all know number three. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually she actually does open the window to scream at him, basically. Like you could have cracked it. You didn't have to open it the whole way. You could have <laughs> shouted through the window. It's not like it's soundproof, but she opens it fully, completely mm-hmm. open. And he asks her if she's uh, Ryu. And she's like, no, that's not my name. My name is Maya. And then he asks if that's her real name. Mm-hmm. Denny is on the phone just screaming at him <laughs> to leave. Um, again, she's still on speakerphone. She's still here. So then he asks if she's from uh, Harjusari village. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't actually answer this. And she just tells him to leave. And if she's the daughter of uh, Ki Dono Wokso. Yes. So she-, she also doesn't answer either. And then he actually does walk away now. What was interesting to me was I was trying to figure out, didn't catch on the first playback because she mentioned like they're playing an old music and that her radio has been stuck on the AM, can't mm-hmm. go to FM. I'm like, oh, creepy. Is it Dini yelling at him that makes him go away or him like noticing that the, the radio is playing an old AM song? I think you know what, what makes him actually walk away is that she never answers mm. either question if she's from mm-hmm. the village or if that's her father. Okay. I think that's what makes him walk away. Because Denny is on the phone screaming for her and tells her, hey, if backup doesn't come in like a minute, you need to leave the booth and just run away. Mm -hmm. After she gets out, we see that the man, well, 
before she gets out, we see that the man has actually gone back to his car and grabbed a machete and is coming yeah. back towards the booth. So Maya gets out and is just running and screaming for help. Love this shot. Like, I know it makes sense because it's her job, but the the X yellow or green arrow and the X while she's like running under the green arrow was so cool. I love mm-hmm. that there's so many good dolly zooms and steady cams in this. Like, it's not just a great story. It's also like a very cinematically good film. The yeah. cinematography in this movie, I think is the first thing that really like drew me in because yeah. it's so beautifully shot. And the machete, that's another thing I did Google because I uh-huh. was like, is that I was like, I feel like machete is more, I don't know, but it, it's apparently interchangeably called a, again, pron- excuse my pronunciation, is either called a Golok or a Parang in Indonesian and then in West Javanese or a Bedog. So mm-hmm. Golok, Parang, Bedog, supposedly they're thinner and longer than machetes, but I also, it just looks like a meat hacking device. So yeah, you know, my family's from a very tropical place and we definitely have machetes. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Literally for like clearing brush and stuff, like for its actual intended purposes, folks. But that's the reason I'm like, I know what that is on Mm -hmm. site. Big knife. Yeah, big, big (laughs) choppy knife. (laughs) So Maya is running and eventually this is a horror movie. So she falls. Mm. And he grabs her and uses the machete to cut into a scar that's on her thigh. After headbutting her for struggling a bit, uh, he's able to like hit her in the head with the hilt of machete and the police show up. Finally, he says, quote, we just don't want what your family left behind. Please take it away. Mm -hmm. And he's about to like seriously like chop her with the blade. But then the police shoot him in the head killing him and now we finally get the title screen all of that was the cold open it was so good and i I checked then because i didn't check last time but that was seven minutes and it honestly felt like half that time if even that like it went so like pop 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 yeah i thought it would have been like three or something but it was seven minutes yeah huh great yeah great yeah again this this is just like really good pacing this is one of the few times i will like acquiesce to having something that's more than 90 minutes because most of the time it doesn't need it but This uses its time, as Kate said. Agreed. So after the title screen, some time has passed. Maya is just walking down the street, carrying a bunch of clothing, like in their plastic bags. And she stops at a woman's uh, store booth to offer her some new clothes. But the woman does not accept. So she just ends up getting paid for clothes that she already had provided her. The other lady's like in the middle of of selling something. And she's like, well, you're you're getting paid right now. So give me some money. You could just hand me the money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the collect, yeah. so maya goes back to her store with her friend denny where, where who's working and from their conversation their business is not going well it's like a um, bit of a lululemon situation <laughs> uh lularo because maya's like even i wouldn't wear this shit and she's like don't worry we'll just sell, settle online <laughs> <laughs> so maya tells denny that she's actually about to go away for a week she shows her a picture of herself as a kid with two people that she believes to be her parents. She doesn't remember them, but she wants to go back to where the picture was taken. This was another question I had. Maybe I missed it. And I, I tried to look back for it, but eventually I gave up because I couldn't find it. Is her aunt still alive? It doesn't seem like it. Right? Yeah. I don't feel like they explicitly say that she's dead, but she said they- she was going and like looking through her aunt's stuff. Yeah. So I'm just assuming her aunt is later not on, alive. 
Right. That's what I was thinking too. Later on, Dini says, like, does your aunt keep records from your parents? But I was like, that could be a different translation. Yeah, it could be a tense translation thing. Right. No idea. I wish that that's one thing. I wish they explicitly said, like, after my aunt died, or like, it just happened to overlap that my aunt has just died too, Mm -hmm. or something. But I was like, she's not in the picture. But yeah, she's not there about the aunt. Yeah. Right. We did get like, like the slightest bit more information later. But on the back of this picture, we see that it says Dona Wangso and which is the man and Shinta or the woman. So her mother. And it calls her Ryu. So and I love that because as soon as we read that subtitle, it's like, oh, so like check, check, check all the things that guy asked. Right. And, it's, and then Dini's like, so the psycho dude was right. Yeah. Oh well, you know. <laughs> and I so I Maya replayed says, that line. I replayed that line because, like, obviously, I don't understand Indonesian, but the cadence was the same. It's like something in Indonesia. Like, so that's I thought it was right. Like, yeah. I mean, as we said, Denny's our girl. We we really like her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It> makes sense. <laughs> so Maya also says she remembers that her aunt called her Ryu when she was little, and she feels like if she can get back to that house, because the picture is her parents and herself standing in front of a very large house. She feels like if she gets back to her family's house, she can solve all of their financial problems. Jenny insists that she's going to come with her. She's like, we're best friends and like we're business partners. Of course, I'm going to come with you. Mm -hmm. So during all of this, they were actually like in a bathroom. (laughs) They had left their stall and were just like chatting in a bathroom and smoking smoking cigarettes. So Mm -hmm. a man comes in and is like, you can't smoke in a bathroom. Like, you can't just, like, be in here. So they, like, shoo him out. And then Maya actually sits down to actually use the toilet. But the cut on her leg is, one, still, like, fresh. And, which I finally understand why, after watching the whole movie freaking twice. Mm-hmm. But the cut on her leg is still fresh. And she starts, like, poke at it, causing it to bleed. And then as she's poking at it, I guess she feels, like, something under her skin and this tiny little container comes out containing a little scroll with something written on it. So as we all do, she takes a picture of this writing, but then Dini like bursts in. Yeah. So she drops the piece of paper into the toilet, the toilet. and yeah, it's just gone. Yeah. So she's like, Hey, Oh, you're like still bleeding from that. I'm going to go get you some disinfectant and like leaves her. Mm-hmm. And so Maya like cleans up and leaves mm-hmm. afterward. Maya's, I really love this like scene, but Maya's walking through the hallways of empty shops trying to find Dini. As she's passing. Immediately disappears. Like it's yeah. just gone. Like it hadn't been like a minute and she's just like gone, like took off apparently bolted after Completely that. Completely <laughs> gone. And everything's like kind of dark. Like the lights are half off. Yeah, very much. And all like the, you know, the big grates are down and closed. So Maya's like walking around calling for Denny, trying to find her. And she passes a dimly lit hall with Kimar on sale, on display, on mannequins. And those are the type of Muslim women clothing that is like the headscarf attached to like a longer shawl piece. So it's all one piece. So it looks kind of like, if you know what a Catholic nun looks like, it kind of looks similar to that. If that can give you like a frame of reference. And from context, I think we're supposed to believe that they're that she and Dini are Muslim, right, Maya? Yeah, they are. Yeah, because they they pray later, later and yeah. they don't know how to do the <laughs> prayers in Arabic, and they're like, "Well," and and plus, Indonesia is a majority Muslim country as well. And then at the end is the older lady who really is there. Yeah, Javan. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's actually Japanese. Mm-hmm. We'll get to all that. So she's passing these mannequins and they're like in the distance and they're very, very dark. So it looks like people are standing at the end of a hallway, but she keeps passing all of these empty halls, but eventually encounters a woman in like a full chador, which is like the full veil covering all the way to the floor, but with like your face still being shown at the end of the hall, who at first looks like, oh, but it's just a lady. And she's like, why haven't you gone home yet? <laughs> a lot of which fake outs. Was a great double entendre because both like, why haven't you gone home from work? And also, but also why back. haven't you gone home? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was very fun. <laughs> so she keeps walking down more dark hallways and eventually comes to like a gate that's fully down. And behind her, one of the child mannequins falls over. And so Maya had turned to look at it, but then Denny like reaches through the grate and like grabs her. Scares us a few times. Since <laughs> yes. So Denny tells her, the people who own this place just got like lazy and turned off the lights and locked up early. So therefore she also wasn't able to go to the pharmacy because it was closed. So like, you'll just have to deal with this cut on your leg. Now, going to the village. Maya and Denny are on a bus to uh, Harjasari, which is again, her home village. And this is a night bus. Denny leaves Maya to go use the restroom after Maya tells her to turn off the overhead light because they're bothering the man behind them. Because Denny was like reading a book. She was reading a business planning guide. Denny's like, Denny's the one taking care of Maya, I feel like, honestly. Honestly, I think we see that a lot of times on this. Like she's the more like level-headed one, like like, takes in everything around her and like makes a decision. Like this is what we got to do. And Maya's more like, but no, we have to. And it's, uh, and I, I support good, healthy friendships, but I also kind of ship this relationship. I kind of feel like Dini would be a great wife to Maya. <laughs> she's like very, <laughs> and later when she's like discussing, like, if I ever die, I spread my ashes in the ocean. I'm like, oh, you're like giving your partner a plan. <laughs> I, I think the dynamics between men and women was really interesting Yeah. in this. And again, since I don't know much about the culture, I don't really want to speak on it, but it's definitely like the men had like their own culture and women had their own culture that kind of seemed to exist separately almost. Yeah. And again, appreciate a, a male writer director giving us three or four really strong female characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after Denny leaves to go use the bathroom on the bus, there is a man at the front who turns around and seems to be looking fully at Maya while smiling creepily. And so she's like, very wary about this and then he picks up his backpack and heads back towards her but it turns out he is just going to his wife who's in the seat like across the aisle from Maya that's who he was smiling at I love how that happens first like it's another fake scare Mm -hmm. but that actually does happen like whatever and then and then the guy actually behind Maya chooses to speak to her like so he also like lets that happen Uh (laughs) uh-huh Yeah, so the the dude who she thought that they were bothering now leans forward and tells her, hey, just like FYI, the light wasn't bothering me, but I just cough sometimes to keep the spirits from bothering people on the bus. Again, this is definitely some kind of like local tradition, maybe even like a Muslim tradition that I don't know about. So I can't speak about it, but pretty interesting. Maya doesn't know about it either because there's like a pause. Yeah. Hey, don't think I'm weird. I'm yeah. a professor. I'm a professor. I'm okay? a professor I'm of yeah. Russian. Russian literature. Yeah. Yeah. And then she no, just no, kind of no, no, no. It wasn't Russian literature. It was Russian, the language. 
Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because he says he really likes many languages. Mm -hmm. And so she prompts to be like, so do you know Javanese? And he's like, of course I know my own language. I'm like, all right. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So she shows him the picture of the note she pulled out of her thigh. He says it's very ancient Javanese that's supposed to protect whoever has it from being bothered by evil spirits. He says, but it was made by an evil person. So I'm like, how do you know that part? What? I, I don't know. I'm wondering if there's something within how it's written that mm. tells him that. I don't mm. know, but they don't even show it enough. That I guess even if you did speak Javanese, I don't think you'd even be able to read it because they show it for like 0.2 seconds and it's covered in blood. So like, right. I think it'd be difficult. Yeah. He asks her where she got the picture from, and she's like, I got it from the internet, which mm-hmm. I don't know, I found to be profoundly funny. Yeah, uh, right. It's like blood covered note. <laughs> I found it online. I think it was good. Like, it's, it's like the good, like, space saving lie, but also it's interesting to me. Like, why would you even lie when, like, one, the dude just said he was like from, he's at least from the same area as you. He knows Javanese, he knows like the culture very well. Mm. And he knows a lot of random shit because he said he knows like multiple languages, whatever. And also he's clearly listening to you and your friend's conversation. So if you reveal any other information in the next six hours while you're sitting on the bus, he's going to be listening. Right. Like- but Denny then returns from the bathroom. So their conversation ends. Maya's all obviously sitting there like kind of upset because she has like this weird evil scroll that was in her thigh. Mm-hmm. But Denny doesn't know this. So she asked her if she was upset because she was thinking about her parents. Mm-hmm. And then Maya says she was raised by her aunt who didn't tell her much about them. They and both from just. This, from this point on, all of the woods outside are red lit, which are great. Yeah. From, I, I guess, like the, the backlights on the bus. Mm-hmm, um, and all the trees are just like white, really mm-hmm. thin trees. Mm-hmm. They both just focus on the potential future they could get from Maya's family property and acknowledge, which I weirdly like that they actually, they're like, we're going to have to come back with a lawyer though, to deal with like any inheritance stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if there really is anything. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> While looking out the window, Maya sees three little girls in white dresses standing at a table, like by the roadside, but like in the middle of the woods, like they're in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like nighttime. But she doesn't comment on it. Mm -hmm. After thanking Denny for coming with her, Maya notices, and they've been driving for a little while, Maya notices the three little girls standing in the woods again. But like now they're just like all facing the road in a row. Mm -hmm. And Denny's like, I mean, it can't be. All the kids would be sleeping at this hour, which it was 1 a.m. But what do you do? They just kept going. So they arrive at the bus stop. We see in the reflection that the creepy man is, in fact, still creeping. He's, like, staring He's still at listening, but it's unimportant, actually, <laughs> as it turns out. Yeah. I had uh, been, it had been a minute since I saw this, since my last playthrough, so I went back this time. When we saw, like, the three girls twice, I was like, hold up. I feel like there was around three manic- three child mm-hmm. mannequins. And I went back, there were four, and, then one and the one fell over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it's three. Ooh. Yeah. Didn't notice that. So they, they've been, basically, since she took the scroll from her thigh, the little girls are always around her. They arrive at the bus stop the next morning, and they ask a local carriage driver um, to take them to the village, but he's never heard of it. 
And I do mean carriage, like it's literally like a little carriage pulled by a horse. Mm-hmm. Maya then asked Denny, like, well, Maya then tells Denny, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I had to call the local provincial government to get confirmation that this village even exists because she right. couldn't find any evidence on it on Google. Yeah. They ask another carriage driver who actually has heard of it, but says he won't take them because it's too far. He finally relents because Maya's just like, well, how much? <laughs> and he says he'll take them for a hundred thousand rupee, mm-hmm. which is six dollars and seventy-five cents USD, which they're like, this is a ripoff. I want to give you guys some context. The medium salary, monthly salary in Indonesia is 788 US dollars per month. So actually, this is quite a large amount for a ride. For each of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's each person has to pay that. And just for more further context, the median income in the US is $5,379. And so I did some quick math, but the equivalency, this would be $46.26 per person to go one way yeah that's a lot of fucking money so like yeah they're right that was a ripoff yeah but they say okay because they have no other option on their way to the village the driver asked them why they're going to this particular village and they claim that they're university students doing research on secluded villages even though he's like there's nothing out here right like they come up with a really solid lie on their feet, but um, I was also thinking like you guys had the whole bus trip to come up with a backstory or yeah. something, something to discuss. Right. But they didn't discuss it. And Denny's just like, fuck. Right. So he says that, that the only reason he himself knows that the place exists is because he recently took one of the village elders home. The elder is a puppet master. And this is his subtati. Saptati, who is apparently very well known for his puppetry. Mm-hmm. Denny then asks why there's no road that goes to the village because they're not actually on a road. They're just going like through fields and stuff. But the driver says the village doesn't want one. Mm-hmm. They arrive at the village, which is exceedingly poor. And Maya's like, <sighs> which I thought was very silly, but Maya says, we'll just find a hotel to stay in. And I'm like, there's no hotel Wait, in this what? village. <laughs> like like it's poor enough that Maya tells Denny to take off her sunglasses because it looks really flashy out there so th- there's there's no hotel man right they pass a graveyard and the camera like focuses on it so it's like this is important yeah and there's like a wolf call or something and like mm. some like eerie music yeah mm-hmm. as Maya and Denny contemplate where they will stay for the night I mean because they're <laughs> I guess they realize there's no hotel. They're suddenly in front of Maya's family's house, the one from the photos. It's clearly abandoned and run down, but it's extremely large and very opulent. I love that they choose to ask their driver whose house that is when he's like, says like, I don't really go there. I don't really know. But he's like, actually, I did ask about that house. (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm like, maybe it's so big that like it draws that much attention, but that was very silly. Yeah, but he did ask about it, and the elder wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. So then they are dropped off in front of the village elder's house, where Denny like kind of panics and is like, "Maya, we need a new story." Yeah. Since like I don't know anything about research and wouldn't be able to answer any questions that they ask me. <laughs> but as they're talking, someone exits the house. 
it's an older woman, Miss Nee, who they tell like, hey, we're looking for the village elder. Since we're writing a book on puppet masters, they changed the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they heard that he was the best. Miss Nee then tells them the village elder isn't in and to come back the next day. She just wasn't twitching at them, which we're like not sure if it's natural or supernatural twitch. Mm. She gave me two very strong energies. One, I was like, I feel like she's some kind of famous actress. She just has that, I don't know, mm-hmm. like majesty. Mm-hmm. And then two, I remember the first time I had chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely does have somehow both those energies. Like if you told me like, yeah, from in the 60s, she was like the famous Indonesian actress. I'd be like, yes, mm-hmm. I can see it. But she also does give like, yeah, chocolate energy. So I'll, I'll answer two questions a day. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, sure, we'll come back tomorrow. And Denny wants the driver because that he gave him, he gave them his card. So that Denny's like, we should call the driver to take them out of the village and like go stay somewhere else and come back tomorrow. But Maya's like, that'll be a hassle. Mm-hmm. So Maya just like walks them back to her family house where they go through the garden, noting that there's actually a, you know, like a walking path through the bush. So mm-hmm. obviously someone comes and goes often. Mm-hmm. Before Maya, see, go ahead. I want to say quick aside, I wish I had yeah. done a quick Google, but we were right on the energy. Miss Christine Hakim, who plays, who plays Miss Nee, has been described the grand dame of Indonesian cinema yes. and Indonesia's foremost actress. You know what? So yes. Yes. We yes. saw it. We we yes. understood we it and we love it. you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Back to the yeah, back to the family. <laughs> back to it. <laughs> so they reach the front door and Maya just like breaks off the padlock with a stick and they head into the house. And I'm like, that padlock wasn't doing much. Right. It takes one hit. And also but, I just love the confidence, like, this is definitely my house. Yeah, 100% my house. <laughs> and I'm just going to break off this lock that's been here forever. The house itself is rather disheveled inside. So they speculate that the house has been empty for at least 20 years since Maya's been gone. Mm-hmm. They can kind of explain the house in one of the rooms contains the traditional Javanese puppets. They're like flat leather puppets. And weirdly, like when I saw them for the first time, I was like, I've seen these before, but I also really like watching travel stuff. So I think I've just seen them, you know, through programs, but really intricately designed and they're shadow puppets. So light is projected from behind the shadow or Mm -hmm. the the puppet masters who then are behind a screen and he like conducts the puppets Mm -hmm. and you see their shadows from the front. It's really, really interesting. I would love to see it in real life. I know that was one of my my issues later on of like that we hear so much hype about the puppetry and then we see like five seconds of it. I was like, mm-hmm. I want to see the puppets. It's see also the puppets. it made me want to. I didn't really Google much into the history of of shadow puppets, but it made me want to look into it because I was like, I wonder which like it seems like a thing that would be across many different cultures. Mm-hmm. But if anybody watched the other films that we discussed, it was kind of reminding me of the intro of Candyman. Of mm-hmm. the same like shadow puppets. Cause I'm like, oh, I wonder if like I'm sure the Americas stole it from somewhere, but I'm like, oh, which wonder which culture we did at what time. It's just such a cool, like it's very like again, there's like multiple moving parts on the puppets. So it's like yeah, super cool. intricate, very beautifully carved. So light could come through the puppets mm-hmm. in different amounts. 
so you can see the details from their shadows it's really and it seems like it was always like it was specifically like one puppet master kind of like a oh orchestra what are they called the orchestra conductor conductor mm-hmm. there's like multiple different puppets but usually one puppet master i was like you just, i feel like you need more hands at some point but yes, were, yeah yeah was, and then there, behind the puppet master there is a full little orchestra playing traditional instruments and with a person singing, I'm assuming the story. Mm-hmm. So it looks really, really cool. I wish we saw more of it. Yeah. But as they're going through the house, they see the setup, they see the screen, and then they also see some of the puppets in one of the rooms. But they don't linger on it. They just keep exploring. And then they do the classic, you know, horror movie thing. They split up because Denny finds a lantern and mm-hmm. she wants to go head to the bathroom. She's the most important room of the house. <laughs> I mean, between that and the kitchen, she's not wrong. <laughs> right. So Denny heads to the bathroom to check on the water pump and the camera pans in on the bathtub after she leaves. And we see the very, very tippy top of three little heads sitting mm-hmm. in the bathtub. Which we can imply, you know, since you already saw the three kids are probably ghost kids. Mm-hmm. But brings up a good point of if I were going into this house to stay, even if there were a padlock, you saw that people are coming in and going. Like I, the first thing I would do is like make sure nobody's living in the crevice of this house because again, oh. it's one of the creepiest things to me, dude. Somebody could be strong squatting. fear. Yeah, <laughs> strong fear of mine. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. But I guess because like the front door was locked, they weren't terribly concerned. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not sure. Uh, and but, to be fair, it does seem like it's just the ghost children in there. But yes, it does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maya is in a room. Um, looking at photos that were in a box but we can see down the hall and there is a figure in black that starts off crouching and stands again looking like it's wearing like the chador again the fully covering clothing with the face still showing it looks like someone wearing that is slowly making their way down the hallway slowly i'll check like 30 seconds yeah very slow Eventually, the figure reveals itself to be Denny just wrapped in a blanket. What are you doing? <laughs> and she talks about, like, this property is huge and they should be able to get a lot of money from selling it. Yeah. Which, I was kind of like, I don't really think so because there's not even a road to this village. So I don't right. know who would buy <laughs> such a large property. And the people in the village could just build out because there's nothing surrounding them. So they would Amazing. Gonna- yeah. Getaway yeah. bungalow or something. Like, right. What, what would this listing be? That would be the ultimate like remote mm-hmm. Airbnb. There's no road. <laughs> you just have to oh get God, in this carriage. <laughs> oh, so authentic. Love it. So Maya finds more pictures of her parents, but she's confused because she isn't in any of the pictures at all. Danny tells her not to think about it. And she's like, it's not a big deal because like, I had my parents my whole life and they did nothing for me. Yeah. And she's like, maybe you were just an ugly child or, you know, maybe they were too busy giving you kisses to take photos. But I was like, come on. Yeah. I, you wish, but this is a horror movie. So as they're talking though, Maya hears people singing prayers outside and then runs to the front door to look out with Denny coming with her. And there is a funeral procession passing in front of the house. So Denny and Maya visit the graveyard and try to find her parents' graves. Denny's just like weirded out in general because it is not a traditional Muslim burial site. 
which Muslim people traditionally are cremated and these people are all buried. So Denny just Mm -hmm. finds that weird all in itself. Mm -hmm. And then this is where she asked Maya, Hey, when I die, make sure I'm cremated and my ashes are spread out at sea. Mm-hmm. I was After, like, I love that. Like, Dini just like clearly like we are committed for life. So I, mean, <laughs> I feel like at a certain point in a lot of friendships, you're just like, we're just fucking locked in at this point. No, definitely. I like, think sure. it is just what it is. <laughs> I just love it because like this and like all the references that Dini's make, like when you're rich, we're doing that. When you're rich, we're doing this. Like, mm-hmm. we're doing- <laughs> like they're a team. Yes. Love it. Um, and then, yeah, so Dini's like creeped out, and I wrote in my notes, uh, like, what's worse than a graveyard? A child. I mean, <laughs> but <laughs> in a second, you're right. But after a bit, they do find her parents' graves, and Maya says a prayer for the dead for them so they can rest in peace. This is when we realize that she doesn't actually know Arabic, so she has to say it in Indonesian. But yeah. Dini's like, it's fine. God knows all languages, which. Mm-hmm. Big facts. But while they were leaving, though, Danny notices that there's an abnormal amount of child graves there. And they all died the same day they were born, and they don't even have names on their markers. Mm. After they exit, Maya moves the cemetery sign, which is like hella rusty and kind of falling off. So she like moves it a bit so she could see behind it. And there it says, courtesy of Dona Wongso on the wall, which again is her father after they leave like they turn from the sign and they're like starting to walk away there are two men like just like in the edge of the woods who are just staring at them like mean mug and hardcore and don't say anything so that night maya is woken up from a weird noise and i do have to say they're sleeping in the same bed and i was like if you're sleeping in a weird creepy house this is the move yeah of course you'd sleep in the same bed absolutely like, don't split up and all the lights are on too i also want to note that lights are on same room same bed and i'm like you guys knew they some of the tropes of yeah they did a lot of this right they <laughs> but maya's woken up from a weird noise and she wakes up denny but denny's like i'm not getting out of bed and i'm tired <laughs> so maya takes the lantern and walks around to follow the sound and in one of the windows we see that there's a little girl outside Maya, I don't think Maya sees her. I'm not sure. But Maya goes to that window and opens it. And she sees that there's a light by the front gate of the house. Mm-hmm. She goes outside to investigate and goes through the gate where she hears a woman screaming. Now, this part she doesn't see. We just see as the audience. Mm-hmm. In a house, a woman is going through labor when two men from the village arrive right as the baby is born. <sighs> the parents are crying and one of the men takes the baby immediately and drowns it in a basin of water. And of course, both parents are in terrible mourning from this. <laughs> the next morning, Denny and Maya see a fun- another funeral procession for the baby passed by the house. This time, though, they follow the procession immediately and watch the baby be buried and remark mm-hmm. that it's been two days and they've seen two people die. But yeah, like, yeah, that's weird and creepy, but I would not go. I would go investigate later, maybe, but not right then and there. I was like, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. Like, they're just watching the funeral happen. So, of course, the people from the funeral notice them because they're even- just standing in the middle in the middle of the field like in the in the clearing sorry like not even hiding behind a tree just so the people from the funeral notice them and stop them before they can leave 
the one who drowned the baby is revealed to be the village elder. So he's a toddy. Mm-hmm. He asked them if they're there to ask about Wayang, which is the actual name for Javanese puppetry. Shout and they the subtitles, just putting that in. There. Yeah, thank you. Because I was like, <laughs> oh, what? Now I know a new word. <laughs> so they keep their lie about being university students. And when asked why they're at that village in particular, Maya says they heard of him through other puppet masters. I was like, girl, that's risky. Right. Because if he's like, which other puppet masters, you don't have a name. Right. And I'm assuming he knows all the other puppet masters. They can't well, be that many. In my brief Googling, because her context was like, she's like, we wanted to see who is still performing Wayang. But then I Googled it and it says it's like, it's still one of the, like the foremost forms of entertainment and like cultural like storytelling. And it's very, very popular. So I'm like, okay, well then you make it seem like maybe not in, maybe in not, that part of the country. But, yeah. Or maybe not you know, in cities. Maybe it's like really mm-hmm. popular out in the countryside. Okay. And yeah. since she's from the city, maybe that's why I'm speculating. Full speculation here, folks. Right. I also wanted to say this whole thing about them, like sticking to the, like the story thing. This is a big Candyman reference because the two girls went exploring. <gasps> it is before. a big Candyman reference. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. right. And, I only caught one reference in this. Mm. And yeah. Dini even says, we're going to say that we're students because nobody kills students. Oh, no. <laughs> you haven't learned. <laughs> Maya also says they're 20 because he asked how old they are. And what? Denny's face is so funny here because she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. yeah, like clearly like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, like, good, good we're math. definitely not, definitely not lying. Yeah, no, we're yeah. not 25. Yeah. We are not the age of the people you were looking for, for sure. Mm-hmm. So he invites them back to his house later that day. As they walk away, Denny's like, we need to leave immediately mm-hmm. like we need to leave right now we should just go back to the city and send someone to just deal with your family's property instead of us doing it here and i was yeah. like yes denny this is actually legitimately the best solution right you shouldn't even come you should have just immediately sent someone right but maya's like we can't afford it so we should just stay and deal with it ourselves Oof. <sighs> Denny's not sure about this plan because it seems really risky and reminds Maya that someone tried to kill her already, likely over this house. Mm -hmm. But Maya's set on following this plan. Again, you have to have some kind of flexibility with planning. And shit looks weird and rough, abandon it. Right. You committed. She was just like, fine, if you're not going, I'll leave you. Well, she's like, whatever, I'm going to go home and take a shower. Because, quote, I smell like a dead raccoon. And I was like, I wonder if that's the actual translation. Because I don't think they have raccoons right. in Indonesia. <laughs> so it must be another animal. But it's like, I don't know. That just made me laugh a lot. Like, yeah, this is a lot of really funny stuff. But Maya's like, okay, you go do that. And I'm going to head into town and go get us some food. And I'm like, never split up. Never mm-hmm. split up. Even when we travel together, like, I'm really wary about splitting up. Even though it's fine mm-hmm. most of the time. But also... Sometimes it's not. No, I mean, especially again when everybody's been like giving you the eye, like maybe yeah. don't. <laughs> Weird vibes. Mm-hmm. Everything feels kind of at least mildly dangerous. Like right. maybe not the best time to split. So anyway, Maya goes to town for food, and she finds a young woman um, at a food stall with her, the woman's grandmother, 
great-grandmother actually like sitting in the back of the shop Mm -hmm. and she gets food from them. While she's doing this, she asks this young woman about the house and the lady confirms that, yeah, when she was young, a family did live there, but the the great-grandmother speaks in Javanese and says that the house is a house of disease and that devils used to live there and left a terrible disease. So great granny is like, no, no. But we're back to Denny, who is in the house, filling up the bathtub with some water. I just want to say Pantene product placement. There was a Pantene right. bottle sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super like they paid to be in this. After she finishes showering, she opens the front door to two men from the funeral. I call them the goons throughout my notes because yeah, I don't even know if they have names, but they're two goons. From the before funeral. before they have any for like they they genuinely like they know that these are outsiders but they really don't know what huh? they just they just came to mansplain like so you're squatting squatting's not okay like, yeah what? the tone Kate just used is exactly the tone that the main one of the two goons uses he's just like I just want to like come here and let you know that you you know don't can't be house. there. I mean, this house has been abandoned for such a long time. The roof might fall in. This is for your safety. Mm -hmm. And they claim like further that the Maya and Danny can't stay because it belongs to the heir of the family of the house. And it's a girl and the village elder actually has all the documents to hand the property over to her once she's found. Mm. And Danny makes her ultimate mistake here. Mm-hmm. She claims to be the girl. She claims to be Ryu to get the paperwork, probably because she's like, if I just do this paperwork shit, we can get out of here. Oh, yeah. And the men claim the elder is about to leave. So they need to go catch him fast, or they're going to have to wait for three days for him to get back. She's like, three days. Yeah. And again, she doesn't even want to be there for one more day, but she's three more days. So she's right. like, fine. She claims that Maya, though, is actually a college student and she's just accompanying her. So even here, she covers for Maya every time. Yes. So she thinks it's weird that the elder's supposed to be gone because he told them to come to his house later that day. But they're like, no, I mean, again, same tone. The elder was invited to perform in another village, which is why he'll suddenly be out of town that night and the other villages far right so denny's like okay let's go meet him now and they're like she's like i know where he lives though so i'll just go and the men are like no we have to take you because he's actually at another villager's house right now this is the only way we can catch him before he goes i mean he's like fine and so she follows them into the woods but is wary because they're not taking the main road She's tries to call Maya like on her cell phone, but there's no signal again because they're literally in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. My thing she, is like back in the opening scene, she told Maya like look for something you can grab to fight with. Mm-hmm. Like I understand if she really thought she had to go at that moment, but I'm like, but take something with you, grab something on, before you go. I know, oh. I know. She didn't though. She trusted them mm-hmm. to a degree, mm-hmm. but here after she tries to call Maya. She stops and is like, hey, I'm going to go back because I can't reach Maya. And one of the men like just grabs her arm and the other like moves in front of her to stop her from leaving. Mm -hmm. She says something 
interesting here. And again, there's like really interesting gender dynamics in this, but mm-hmm. he tells, she's just like, Hey, and this is the tone she uses. Somebody use the same tone. Hey, you don't have to rape me because I'll do whatever you want. And then as she like says this, like mad casually, a man, one of the men just like takes out a knife. And so she goes running mm-hmm. and the other man warns him, Hey, make sure not to cut her skin. As she's running, this is a horror movie. So she trips over a log and severely twists her ankle. Mm-hmm. And as she's on the ground, one of the men hits her in the head with a log. I want to say her acting during this scene was really, really good because she really did seem hurt and completely traumatized and really scared. Yeah. Like it good. was really realistic. It really was. And I was also, I didn't notice it on the first viewing, but I think this was another reference. I think when she attempts to fight back momentarily, like she just finds a stick. It's not at all this, like it doesn't compare to the other guys, like what he beats her with, but it's just what she could find. Mm-hmm. They do like a first person, like just the camera as if it were her attacker and then and Dini. And I think it's a reference to Shelley Duvall in The Shining, which she's trying to fight Jack back with the knife. And she's also like, it's Shelly Duvall. So she's like extremely like, like sad looking. I think, I think you might be distressed right. looking. I think there's you're another, right. There's another Shining reference later too. But, <laughs> but either so, way, it, was a good scene. Yeah. It, it really was a good scene. But as she's trying to fight them off from the ground, obviously this doesn't work. So one of the men just picks up a rock and hits her. And back to Maya. She's back at the house and looking around for Denny and tries calling her. But just gets a message that Denny's out of range. And I love this because this movie again like strives towards realism a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And right, like she calls, she calls, she tries to call Denny. And I'm like, okay, but how would she have power and reception? Or like how would she have power when they've been off the grid for a minute? And then the immediate next scene is her at her table with her power bank. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, weirdly, this movie is really realistic in a lot of like the real world ways. Like, right. of course, not in any of the supernatural stuff, but everything else is like pretty on the nose. Yeah. We flip back to the village elder and he's putting on his traditional clothing, including like this really big knife, which I think is part of the traditional clothing. Yeah, I looked it up, but I think that is what they wear for the, the puppet mastery. Mm-hmm. So I was okay. kind of like, at first I thought like, oh, maybe he really is going. Like, I thought they were lying, but maybe he is really is going somewhere. But no, it's no, he's Yeah, he's it's not. Because Denny is hanging upside down in some like rundown structure in the middle of the fucking woods. She's upside down, hung, hanging by her ankles. And those two goons are preparing a bunch of different types of knives. And one of them places a bucket under her. Just want to note, they are skinning and tanning knives. Mm -hmm. Denny asks what needs to be done to let her go, but then Isaptati arrives. He calls her Ryu, and his mother, Misty, arrives and is like, what are you guys doing? And so she's just like really like practical, basically, because they're always standing around like like talking and shit and she immediately just walks up grabs a knife and immediately cuts Denny's throat in like less than 10 seconds that's what I wrote too she's not here to dilly dally yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dilly dally <laughs> oh my gosh what's going on I remember the first time I watched this I for a split second I thought she's like what are you guys doing stringing up a girl what are you doing but she's like what are you doing waiting so long <laughs> yeah what are you doing what she has to do she's like there are two women in labor and they might be able to save the babies. Which I think this is a good time for me to ask. Did I miss it? Did they ever explain 
these this tiny tiny town is having a lot of children like they're constantly having children (laughs) i have that question in terms of like we're gonna get to what's what's going on with the babies but like y'all are having a lot of kids for knowing that there's like something wrong with them you know what i mean because now we they've been in the village for like two days and there are four babies who are going to be born Mm -hmm. it's a lot of it's a lot of babies a lot of babies especially when like tiny little village yeah a known ongoing issue yeah but i don't know (laughs) i have no answers for you no okay so maya is now just like wandering around the village looking for Dinny. She goes and knocks on the elder's door who says like, oh, I assumed you weren't coming and asks if like, asks about the interview she's supposed to do. And she's like, uh, actually I can't find Dinny. And the elder's like, don't worry. I'll send people out to go look for her. And then invites Maya in, but she declines and is like, uh, I need to go keep looking. And so he allows her to leave. So then we flip back to the two goons who just like dump out a bucket of blood from Dinny into the forest. And then behind the elder's house at the same time, Misney is hanging slabs of Dinny's skin on a clothing line behind her house. Just Which my mind out to dry. Was- <laughs> My mind immediately goes to Metalocalypse, like, my special leather. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but, oh, my right? God. It's like the same concept, though. Oh, right? my God. <laughs> well, and then also Googling, I was like, oh, this is a big reference, apparently, to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which now, I guess, seems obvious, but I've never seen a single one of those films. So I don't know really? anything about it. There's I've another just had... reference to it later. That's mm. the only one I caught. Mm, okay. Yeah. No, but not... I don't know anything about it. I feel like there is there a matriarchy in I think so. I think it's run by his his grandma. But mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I've only seen it like once a long mm-hmm. time ago. It's extremely gory. It's gory, splatter, all that kind of stuff. Stuff I'm not really into. So hence me not seeing it more than once, but I did still catch one reference to it. Mm-hmm. So after like Misty's hanging up skin on the clothing line, Maya is still looking around the woods for Denny. Like Misney, we flip back and forth, but Misney is like now going through the tanning process like you do for leather, but on the skin. Maya's back at her family's house, again, trying to call Denny, but obviously having no success. That night, people go to the elder's house for a puppet performance by Kisatati. And we zoom in really close on some of the puppets, you know, just being like, these are important. And a man in the crowd tells his pregnant wife that everything's going to be okay now. So I will say I have no idea how I missed the context and like the like the way they laid it out. But the first time I viewed this, I did not realize that those puppets were made from Dini. And I really wish like, again, like just one, A, we had some kind of context that usually the puppets are made from leather or just be like maybe Dini had a tattoo or something. And we saw like a little speck of the tattoo or something. I- I think that this is a problem of people from other cultures watching this, Mm -hmm. because I think if you are Indonesian and you're watching this, you're like, oh, yeah, the puppets are made of leather. Of course they are. And it's because we're coming from somewhere else that doesn't have that kind of cultural context. That's why there might be a bit of confusion. That makes sense. But I I just feel like with because like Dini and, and Maya were acting like it was at least to them, like kind of like we're seeing who still performs this. Like a quick, like two back and forth of like, 
like do you have you ever seen any of those shows Dean and Dean he's like uh no I don't watch the they're made with leather I don't like that or something like that I don't know just anything for because maybe they didn't know how successful this film would be but maybe knowing that they try to like get it into international film festivals and everything yeah but that's after the hype because remember the movie came out in 19 and they didn't submit it till 21 but we heard about it back in 19 because in the horror community, there was just like a lot of talk about it. So I think they, they really didn't know that this began so much hype. So they didn't feel the need to add all these cultural context things. Yeah. Like when they were making it, which makes sense. I mean, we're not target audience truly. So, but I was super excited either way. Cause they had, they did discuss the puppetry a lot and I was like, yay, we get to see the puppets puppet show. Yeah. Five seconds. It was. <laughs> Maya walks out <clears throat> and goes around to the back of the stage, which in my notes, as I, I type as I'm watching it, and I was like, is this allowed? And right. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. But no. she's directed to stand on the other side of the screen by those two goons who claim they still don't know where Dini is and she should just wait to the end of the show to talk to the elder, which I mean, yeah, he's like in the middle of performing. Like you can't just be like, Hey, I know you're like actively doing a show, but could you just like talk to me for five minutes? Like, right. I, I noted that too, because they also said, like, we'll talk to him and then we'll keep looking. I was like, she could have demanded that they keep looking in the meantime, but yeah. she was just like, yeah, the, the puppets, you're right. And then they focus again on that same set of puppets that are now being used to perform. Maya continues her own search through the village. And in the background, you actually see the great grandmother of the woman from the stall in a window. And, but Maya's still just walking down the street, calling Dini again, but she's getting really frantic. Mm-hmm. She goes back to the house and is crying while desperately trying to call and find Dini. And a little girl appears out of one of the rooms out of nowhere and is like, Hey, there's a woman in the village that's in labor. Come and see. Come watch. And she and, just does. And she's just like, I, <laughs> I guess it's like sometimes things are just so weird, you just go along with it. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. What else could I do? What else can I do at this moment? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So she does. She goes and is like spying in this house where a woman, the same woman we saw in the crowd at the puppet show is now actually giving birth that night. And she does give birth, but the baby comes out with no skin. And I'll talk more about no skin defect later. See, I didn't even at this point, again, recognize that because I I usually try to avoid looking at birthings and i just thought it was like totally bloody like new babies sometimes are yeah so, they're not that I, bloody <laughs> so i was like what's wrong with it what's wrong with the kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah it has no skin that's generally not what babies look like when they come out got it, got it. noted yeah. learned <laughs> indeed so of course the mother is crying about this and drowns the baby like he did before but Maya sees him this time a gap in the wall. When he rises, the elder actually does look stricken, but the father is upset with him and tells him, like you told us our baby would be safe. And so, <laughs> so the elder slaps him in the face three times and <laughs> says, I'm doing everything I can to help the people in this village. And then like curses at him. Yes. Yeah. It is kind of sorry. Like my initial reaction was also humor. No, it was kind of but, funny. The, yeah. the slaps to me. I mean, three slaps. And then yeah. like, I'm doing everything I goddamn can. God damn it. Like, 
and it was like slap 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 like that was like the rhythm of it (laughs) oh my god like you like considered it and he's like no I do mean this I I, do I'm gonna do the two extra slaps just so you know and which yeah again it was kind of funny but truly he does seem like genuinely like I don't want to be doing this but I feel like I have to be doing this for right all of us so weirdly or maybe they were excited I couldn't tell maybe that's why they're there but there is another couple with a pregnant wife who was actually there at the delivery and the father of that couple is just like is my baby gonna be born cursed as well right so and I also thought it was interesting that they said that she was supposed to give birth that night as well. But I'm like, she's up and walking around. Like, usually aren't they on? I mean, I guess everybody's pregnancies are different. But I was like, I feel like she should be laying down. Like, you could um, just have come and watch and she could be laying down. <laughs> it depends on the woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I knew some that walked themselves in six mm-hmm. hours later, walked True. themselves out. And I'm like, champ. Yeah. Wow. I guess uh, even if you were capable, I would say, like, you go. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to chill and have snacks. Also, I mean, I think they're just basing like their birth birthing dates based on whatever the midwife thinks it'll be. And I don't think uh, that's like an exact science. Again, they're in the country. Yeah. So the midwife takes the basin where the baby was drowned away and Maya stumbles back and it, she makes a noise. So she's about to run away because obviously the people inside here but she turns around and the same young woman from the food stall is directly behind her. But when the goons come outside, they only see the food stall woman who will get her name later. I'm not just going to call her that who just says, Oh, I was just wandering around at night and I wanted to see the baby, but they like shoo her away. Mm-hmm. After the goons go back inside, she gets Maya out of a hiding place and tells her to come with her because she's like, I'm not like the other people in the village. She's mm-hmm. not like the other girls. Sorry. <laughs> She's literally not. Maya's led away and asked, like, what is wrong with this village and all the babies that are born here? This woman again tells her, I'll tell you once we get home and she'll help her keep looking for Dini, but they need to get home because it's not safe to be out and about. They do get back to her house and she's like, hey, it's safe. I live alone. Mm-hmm. And then she tells her, she tells Maya her name is uh, Rati mm-hmm. and she's not a bad person. Maya asks about the baby that she just saw being born and Rati tells her it's cursed. And actually the whole village is cursed. Mm-hmm. Rati asks if she's noticed that there are no children in the village. And Maya's like, well, I saw three little girls the night before. And Rati's like, that's not possible because there have been no children born here in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so she tells her the story. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the old village elder also had a son. Uh, which was Maya's father, Dono Wongso, who he inherited all the wealth after his father died. Dono Wongso was also a very brilliant puppet master and puppet maker. And he was very famous among many villages. The singer of like the puppetry, as I said, there's a singer who does, who sings the song and sings the story. Her mm-hmm. name is Shinta and she was the most beautiful woman in the village. Mm-hmm. And all of the men wanted to marry her, but Dono Wongso is the one who got her. Mm-hmm. their wedding was super grand and it lasted for three days quick aside we see this here we see her at her wedding and she looks miserable yeah so note mm-hmm. that but after three years they couldn't have any kids making shinta depressed and ashamed not gonna get into that my mm-hmm. feelings about the shame yeah 
After five years of trying, Shinta is finally able to get pregnant, and Dona Wangso doted on her. And he held parties and puppet shows every Saturday night where he would perform with the puppets. Mm-hmm. Though, notably, it was strange that after the birth, no one ever saw the baby because it was born without skin. This is mm-hmm. where I want to have my side. This is a real condition. This is called aplasia acutis congenita. It is extremely rare, but it does happen. And the most recent one that I know about happened in 2019 down in Texas. Luckily with modern technologies, the babies usually don't die because they're able to basically get full body skin grafts. Though usually it doesn't affect the entire body. It usually Mm -hmm. affects the scalp or some other localized area. Just like science wise, I was like, it sounds like your village is like too closely all related. And so you're passing around the same genetic disorder, just like to be sciencey about it. But movie-wise, curse. But anyway, Dona Wongso stopped interacting with the village after his daughter was born. But not long after, a five-year-old girl went missing and was never found. Quickly after that, two more little girls went missing. So three total little girls are gone. Then one day out of nowhere, the villagers saw Donna Wongso's baby for the first time, and she was perfect, just a little girl named Ryu. Rumors started, though, that he had something to do with the missing children. And Ki Saptati said that Donna Wongso had been practicing black magic and had made a pact with the devil to protect his daughter. Then Donna Wongso went crazy and killed a bunch of people at a puppet performance and then killed himself. In Quick flash, while the story is being told, we see me doing some kind of ritual dance for like a second. Mm-hmm. Then it was said that, quote, a loyal servant brought Dona Wangso's daughter to the city. I think this is the aunt. She's not really right. an aunt. She was a servant. Right. Yeah. Ever okay. since that day, where all these murders happened, the village has been cursed and every baby has been born without skin. Apparently too much. A lot. <laughs> too much, in my opinion, a lot in general. Maya asks why they kill the babies. And Rati says it's because they would be living in misery. But then we still see that uh, Miss Nee's still dancing. <laughs> Just as an aside. Yeah, uh, it was not to, like, sorry, I don't mean to be rude, but it was just like, it looked like, Again, like somebody's grandma was like just practicing, like watching a YouTube video practicing that. <laughs> I mean, this again, I felt like is something that had some kind of cultural context that true. I did not understand. I guess it's more just like how awkward is it to see somebody dancing with no joy on their face? Like she was just like <laughs> so angry, like so upset. I think that's what was the funniest part. Just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It is strange to see someone dancing with zero joy. In fact, she looked like angry. Maya then tells Rati, hey, like there might be some cure. And Rati says, well, they once allowed a baby to live, but now he lives alone in the forest in constant pain and still has no skin like as an adult. And then she says that Kisaptati says that to break the curse, the original girl, Maya, must be skinned and turned into leather puppets. I do have to say, I don't understand how that conclusion was come to. Yeah. Like, like where were the leaps in the logic? Like, our babies have no skin. She must be made into puppets. I don't really know how that happened, but that's the I, solution. I think it's just because somehow the other lady was aware that her skin was made of other people's skin. So then they have to make new puppets from her skin. I don't know. 
Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maya's like, why do you guys believe this? <laughs> Which is like such a pertinent question. But mm-hmm. Rati says, there isn't anything else to believe in it out here. Mm-hmm. So Aesop Tati and the goons try to figure out what to do when Miss Me, as usual, comes in and is like, hey, we got the wrong girl last time. And back at Rati's house, she's trying to get Maya to eat something. And so she goes into like the kitchen area. And so Maya's just looking around the room. And lo and behold, what does she see? A picture of that same man from the very beginning of the movie who tried to kill her at the toll booth. Great Uh, twist. Well, I don't know if it's a twist, but great like, oh, I didn't expect that. A reveal, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yes. Great reveal. Mm -hmm. So Rati comes back in and... Maya's like, who's that? And she's like, oh, that's my husband. In another part of the village, all the goons get the, all the men in the village to hunt down Maya. So they're all like prepping literally with like torches and shit to go hunt down Maya. Back with Maya in the house, Maya asks Rati, so like, where's your husband? And she's like, he's in the city looking for a cure. Because then Rati vo- reveals to Maya that she's pregnant. Uh, she's wearing like super loose clothing, so you wouldn't be able to tell. Rati says that her great-grandmother, one from the stall, is actually a shaman and mm-hmm. says that if someone made a pact with the devil and a curse is born, it can't be removed. It will just change from one curse into a different curse. I know so, great-grandma's tired and old, but it's like, I wish you were yelling on a soapbox somewhere, yelling this to everybody. Right? <laughs> right? I was like, maybe it doesn't matter because she's like not like prestigious in the village or whatever but like Mm -hmm. grandpa's out here spitting straight facts (laughs) so rati's like yeah that's why i don't believe that killing you will lift the curse and i'm just gonna help you get out of here which i think that's her reveal like that's when she calls her a high right and i think that's when she like reveals like oh yeah i've known who you are yeah like that's that's when we know like oh she knows yeah Yeah. maya's like terrified but rati's like anyway she's just like scared but as they're talking Two men from the village arrive and Maya goes and hides under the table. Rati lets them in and they ask for Maya, but Rati feigns ignorance. And they tell her that they killed Dini and made her skin into puppets, but it was just a waste. Completely casually. Like this is a completely normal thing to do. One man actually sits at the table where Maya's hiding under and begins to eat the food that was put out for Maya. And Maya's just under the table silently crying, which I was like, Good job, Maya. I don't know how you're doing this silently, but she was like silently freaking out. I don't know if this was a reference to Inglorious Bastards, but it reminded me of that scene a lot. It when- did remind. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does remind me of it. I'm not sure if it's a reference, but I could see. No. I could see yeah. how you could see that. Yeah, people love. For some reason, filmmakers seem to love shouting out Quentin Tarantino. Don't know why, but they do. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Either way, it was very tense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the one guy is like sits down and is like, what, you don't you don't feed your neighbors anymore? It's like, why did she ever feed her neighbor? Like, what? I know. <laughs> so Rati's like, you guys have to leave. And one of them tries to, like, come on to her since mm-hmm. her husband's been gone for a few months. And she, like, pulls out a knife on him. But he's, like, just amused by this. So mm-hmm. she, like, lifts up her skirt and, like, cuts her own leg and then holds the knife to her own throat. And she's like, I'll kill myself. And my ghost will haunt you for the rest of your life if you don't leave. And this is what sends the men running. Right. I love it. I think 
that that interaction happens for two reasons like one to just drive home like Rati like means what she says when she's like I'm not gonna kill you because I don't want to create a curse I believe in the power of curses Mm -hmm. and then two probably like there's I don't know they don't go super deep into it but kind of like we were saying like the gender roles like just the men are always combative and aggressive and Mm -hmm. not helping the situation but even though it does serve a purpose and I love that that interaction I was also like they just a shot ago had everybody grabbing pitchforks and fire of like, let's go find the girl. And you guys are like, we'll stop. We'll stop for some food and some harassment. Like before so, we go so do the thing. Food and I'd say medium level harassment. Like yeah. it's, yeah, it's nuts. Like their priorities are not, you know, are not set. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the women have a plan and are doing the thing the whole time. I know whether it's good or yeah. bad, that is yeah. true. <clears throat> So again, the men go running, Rati closes the door and Maya, it gets like, has to physically get Maya from out of the table who is having like a silent meltdown. Mm-hmm. Rati tells her, hey, just stay in the house. Don't leave immediately because it's not safe. And Maya's like, I need to go right now. Like if I have any chance, I have to leave now. Mm-hmm. Maya's obviously in deep mourning over Dini's death. And she thinks that her death is her. She says, this is all my fault. And Rati says, it's not your fault. The devils did this. I'm like, I love her. I love that because the devils that imply that the people are the devils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the truth. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So Rati's like, okay, well, give me your phone first. And the men are searching the village and also like Maya's family house for her. Mm-hmm. And it turns out the group actually does go back to Rati's house, but Maya and Rati have left. And I was like, good thing y'all left because they come in this time with like a dozen men, pitchforks, torches and all. Yeah. So turns out the driver from the carriage from the very beginning is coming back with a police officer on a motorcycle to get Maya. I was oh, like, yeah, it was so great. That's what the business card. I was like, yeah. I love that he had that ready. And like, she kept it and she's like, this is the time. And use the yeah. business card. Let, me, yes. let me call this carriage man. And he, mm-hmm. he really does come to her rescue. Mm-hmm. And you know, he calls them to be like, hey, we're almost there. We're almost there. Don't worry. We're coming. We're coming. We're coming. Mm-hmm. And as they're waiting, Maya finally tells Rauti like what her husband did and that he's dead. You said finally. I was like, why now? Why right now? Come back tomorrow or some other day or write her a letter. Why right now? Like I say finally only in terms of that she's been around Rauti for a minute now. But oh, yeah. in terms of how I feel about it, I would not have told her. No. Because I'm like, I don't know what would have triggered her to maybe be suddenly against her and that's her only ally at this point right it's almost like she was like subconscious like she just like this woman is doing her such a huge favor that she felt like the like, guilty i guess just i think for not not sharing that information yeah but it was like dude you're not safe yet don't do this don't do this full agree full agree with you i would not have done it but rati hears this news and collapses and maya just like keeps apologizing which i'm like girl it's not your fault but the motorcycle with the driver and the cop arrives and Maya's just about to run out to them when a large group of men from the village show up in front of the motorcycle. So she's still like hiding in the trees when this is all going down. Mm-hmm. It turns out the cop that he found and his wife are from the village. And he just tells the driver, hey, the village is safe and friendly. So like, don't worry about it. But the driver like, doesn't believe him. And they argue for a bit and the driver pushes him. So the cop just pulls out a gun and shoots the driver directly in the head. Like, no. Yeah. Thus far, the one 
helpful male character. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so the cop then takes the driver's cell phone and calls Maya, but she Ooh. sees him t- pick up the phone. So she like pitches her phone like deep into the woods as far as she can misdirecting the people because obviously he calls and then he follows the sound of her her ringtone i'm also though like when you started running why didn't you put it on silent girl she's she's stressed she's stressed she didn't think about it but yeah big facts also just keep your phone on silent but like Mm -hmm. so she's about to turn and run further but rati's standing right in front of her but she doesn't stop her from running. So Maya's able to just go around here and keep going. Mm-hmm. Which that was great too. Cause I, again, it's been a minute since I watched the first time. I couldn't remember if Rati does switch after she learns that information, but mm-hmm. she stays great. She's great. <laughs> yeah. I was telling Kate before we started recording that it had been long enough since I had seen this, that I didn't remember the, like the ending. So I was like, mm-hmm. is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? I'm not mm-hmm. really sure. But Maya keeps running through the woods and hides in the roots of a tree while the villagers are searching all around her. I think that was a reference to Predator, maybe? I've never seen Predator. Oh, okay. It was very, very similar. Like, at one point, Arnold Schwarzenegger's hiding in, like, the root of a tree in a thing of water. It also reminded me of Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. (laughs) With the Nazgul. Yes, yes, yes. That's very true. Yeah. Either either and or both, yeah. (laughs) So Maya continues running through the woods and eventually actually finds a road where a car stops and she tells them, hey, I'm being chased and people want to rape me. So, you know, guys like, get in, get in. He's like, yeah, Yeah. sure. Get in the the truck. And she's like, she actually says, I'm going to get into the bed so I can like hunker down and hide. Mm -hmm. So he's like, fine. She gets in. He starts driving. But as he's driving, a Little ghost girl appears next to him and says, help me before reaching up to the top of her head and tearing her skin off like a banana. I did not understand that part. Cause I was like, I know that they want to be like saved too, but like that guy is helping her. I know. <laughs> so obviously this scares the fuck out of him. So he crashes the car. Maya presumably goes, dies. Presumably, yeah. <laughs> right? Maya goes flying out the back of the truck and the three little ghost girls are there. One sticks her head into Maya's head. Remember, ghosts are incorporeal. So mm-hmm. uh, so her head's inside Maya's head and we find mm-hmm. out what really happened in the past. And I will say, I know that they do a huge like video dump here, but I still thought it was better. Like at least they only show you and there's like, I feel like an American version of this, there would be like a narration or something. Like, a, let there me would, just explain to you, even though you can already see. <laughs> like, there would absolutely be a narration even though, yeah, the only things they're showing you are the differences between the old story you heard. You're not seeing the whole story mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. So turns out Dona Wangso is doing a puppet show and Shinta is singing, but she's not looking at Dona Wangso. She's looking at Ki Saptadi in the mm. crowd. She's clearly in love with him, but marries Dona Wangso instead and looks fucking miserable. Shinta, though, continues having an affair with Ki Saptadi but is caught by his mother, Misty, after having sex with him once. Mm-hmm. And his Misty like grabs her by the hair and pulls some of it out before like Shinta's able to walk away. Then she walks into the room where her son is sleeping, still completely butt naked, and like feels him up. I found this very strange. She like yeah. feels up his entire body and then takes some of his hair as well. Then she does a ritual and makes of toddy forget about shinta 
And also it's supposed to make Shinta's baby die. Next time Shinta approaches Ki, he like ignores her. He treats her like basically a stranger. Mm -hmm. So she goes through her whole pregnancy with Dona Wangso thinking that this baby is his. In real life, outside the vision, Maya is slowly being surrounded by the village people while in a trance. The baby is is born without skin, and Dona Wangso's in the cellar with the three little girls, who he kills by snapping their necks so he doesn't break their skin. He then skins them and makes skin for both his puppets and to cover his daughter. Like so, he gives her their skin and then buries their bodies under the floor in the cellar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the puppets he made were the ones we kept focusing on throughout the movie. So those were made with the skin of the little girls. We see a quick scene of Maya getting skin added to her as she ages, but she's haunted by the little girls. There's a super cute moment of her. Like, I know it's just supposed to be like, wow, I can stand without being in pain, but it's just kind of like, oh, my new skin. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, <she's> like, <laughs> yeah, but it. <laughs> uh, it all did come from dead children. So yeah, yeah. Grim. And mm-hmm. once Dona Wangso realizes that she's being haunted by these little girls, he makes the amulet we saw earlier and places it under her skin. He is then like knocked out at home and Ki Saptari takes his place at the puppet show. So he like has a cloth over his face so people can't tell that mm-hmm. it's not Dona Wangso. And then just like in the middle of performance, he stands up and kills everyone, including Shinta. And then he like, stages Dona Wangso's murder as a suicide like he holds the machete in Dona Wangso's hand and like draws it across his throat basically making everyone think it's a big murder suicide that happened which then this was my big confusion because mm -hmm. it really was her dad that killed the kids but the dad wasn't the one that went crazy but right yeah was like I just don't get the benefit of what like why do they feel like they even needed to like the, the, the village was already turning on him because they felt like he had something to do with the girls going missing. Mm-hmm. So like, why do they have to like, like also then like, and he killed all these people, but they already didn't like him. I think they had no evidence that he was, a, that he did all that stuff before. Oh, so okay, like, okay. this was like kind of okay. being like, oh yeah, he is a bad man. Like to okay. the village, like the public showing that he's a bad person. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. That's how I'm reading it. So after all these murders happen, he's toddy takes the puppets of the little girl skin back to his own house and Maya suddenly is like in this vision too and she's standing in front of the elder's house and the ghosts point her inside and guide her to where the puppets are and they say hey bury the puppets with our bones so then we can be at peace which I love that it kind of gave me like Coraline vibes when the, yeah when the ghosts were trying to give her directions but also I think the pointing was a reference to the shining because for no reason that I can figure out otherwise versus the three girls and one of them points. And then the next shot, it's only two girls and one of them points all mm-hmm. the twins in the shining. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Easter egg. <laughs> so Rati wakes up Maya, like shakes her awake and then takes her to the man who was allowed to live without skin. His name's Tola. Mm-hmm. Rati tries to send her away before going inside, but Maya wants to see him. The man is there. He's, you know, he's not wearing any clothes. He has no skin. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's in a lot of pain and misery. And he's mm-hmm. just like asking for food. Maya's horrified by this sight and runs away and collapses just like a little bit away. 
and tells Rati, like, this is my fault, but I can make things right. Hmm. Which I'm like, eh. I was confused by that scene. I was like, did, did Rati just take her there as like a final test to see what her reaction would be or something? Cause I was like, it's a weird like break in the middle of the runaway chase where she just thought nobody would go there. Maybe I she don't realize she hadn't fed him. I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, what I think this scene actually was, was the creators being like, look, a full adult with no skin. I feel like it was to show off the prop work. True. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a cool, it was a cool second or two. Yeah. It was, but I think this is the only scene I don't think needed to be here at all. Yeah. It yeah. didn't really fit, especially like the, just the pacing in this moment. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they go to the elder's house and Maya asks Rati why she's still helping her, but she's like, my stance hasn't changed. And Rati says she isn't afraid what the village will do to her if they catch her because they've always hurt her, which is sad. Mm. Love you, Rati. Maya goes in and gets the puppets from the cabinet to bury with the bones. Mm-hmm. Then they go back to the house, they go to the cellar, they dig up the bones of the little girls, and they place them all in the box. And even though it's like, just put just that's put what the I said. Puppets. Literally on the top. Put like as soon as you see the bone. Put in, put in the, the dirt. They didn't but, specify it has to be like a nice burial. They just right? like, put our skin and our bones together. <laughs> Right, like, but they did it the way that Kate and I clearly wouldn't have done it. <laughs> and they dig up all the bones, put the bones into the box, the box. with right. the puppets, and then bury the box, which is like a nicer burial. But like, yeah. you guys are in a rush. Like, come on. Right. So many extra steps. <laughs> so the ghosts of little girls like appear once, finally, and then finally disappear, seeming to have passed to the other side or whatever. Mm-hmm. Once they go upstairs, Rati's like, all right, you need to go before it's too late. Mm-hmm. And Maya's like, I want to stay until I know the curse is gone. And I'm like, again, big difference. I would have been gone, but. Right. You sure. saw the girls disappear. They're gone. Okay. They're, they're gone. gone. Time to go. <laughs> Rati says, well, there's a woman in labor that night. So we'll know soon. And I'm like, this is the fifth woman in three days in right? a tiny village. Maybe y'all should start having so much sex. Jesus Honestly. Christ. And honestly, like, I will say from, from Rati's previous comment just a moment ago of like, they've always hurt me. I thought for a second that maybe they were like implying that some of these births are not like out of consensual relations, but we always see the husband and wife together. So yeah. I was like, it is. So it is. So I have I'm no idea. So confused right I have no idea. I, I anyway, have no answers for, for you. So as they're just sitting in the house, but mind you, it's not like they're sitting in a dark house hiding. All the lights are on. Yeah. So people, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, where are they? The lights are on in the house. Yeah. So <laughs> Miss Me walks in and she's like, I used to live here. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that made me laugh, but she's like, I used to live here. And we find out that finally she had an affair with Dono Wongso's father and that Keith Saptati is Dono Wongso's half-brother. She says um, that, like, it wasn't consensual because she's like, this is where he effed me. But like, yeah. it seems like a lot of her actions were like in preservation of his honor. So yeah. It's like, yeah. Again, weird like dynamics. Stockholm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's Maya's like, hey, Rati, go go see to the woman in labor. So like, she sends her out of this situation. Mm-hmm. And then again, Miss Nate has like this weird dynamic, and she's like, she never asked for Isaptadi to be legitimized because she quote knew her place. And I was like, all right, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Maya then calls her out for being the one to actually start the curse, which is true. She was the one who did the whole thing and that she tried to kill Maya before she was even born. Misty says Maya is a mistake she needs to erase. And then a bunch of men who I guess were just hanging outside waiting for the queue suddenly come in and Maya tries to fend them off with a shovel. But then another man comes behind her and hits her and knocks her out. Maya is now strung up in the same exact way Dini was. But there's a bunch more people around this time. Isapati is preparing skinning tools, essentially. And Maya begs to be let go. He claims that they have to do it. But she's like, no, I, I buried the skin with the bones. The curse is gone. He, he looks another his- moment where it like i was like girl wait like just you you, you can withhold some because she's like go look you can go look you can go check i was like you should say let me down i will show you i will show where you <laughs> right <laughs> but no okay yeah. so he looks to his mother for confirmation like is she right is the curse gone but like his mother doesn't answer maya also tells him hey just like fyi i'm actually your daughter and your mom put a spell on you to forget. Missney just starts screaming and is like, don't believe her. But Maya's like, I've never done anything to deserve this. Yeah. Heaps of Toddy asks his mother if it's true. And she doesn't answer. But by her not answering, it definitely confirms it to be true. Yeah. He says he's had enough. Mm-hmm. His mom suddenly gets super dramatic. Again, you can see her acting chops here. <laughs> and takes a knife. And she's like, it's either Maya or me. Either Oof. you kill Maya or I'll kill myself. And oh, I was like, God. all right, rein it in. Yeah, the ultimate toxic mother on your Seriously. daughter. Kisa is about to kill Maya. And Rati runs up holding the baby that was just born. Is like, yo, the baby was born healthy. Look. And, but, but then the mom is like following them. Like. And she's like, give me my baby back. And she's like half hunched over. She just gave birth. You shouldn't even be fucking walking. But someone just stole her baby. So she's go chase her. It's a mess. It's a mess. commitment to realism. Because it could have just been Rodsy with the baby. But then somebody been like, where's the mom? They're like, here's the mom. She's she's here. She she shouldn't be here, but she's here. She's she's like her Um, baby back. (laughs) So even though this baby has been born healthy, his mother still goes to try to kill Maya anyway, but Kisaptati takes the knife with her own hand and cuts his own throat. Mm-hmm. His mother is horrified and crying and then cuts her own throat. So they both cut their throats and they die. Your trap card activated my trap card. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Rati then cuts down Maya and Maya is like, Rati, come with me. Come with me. But mm-hmm. Rati says, it doesn't matter. My life will be the same no matter where I go. It's just no. so sad. It won't be. I know. And I have some oh. theories on that after we finish. We're just at the end, folks. Mm. Maya then runs away for real this time and is not followed. We I see am so confused. Sorry. Go ahead. I have to, have to like she's running to the joyful, joyful. We adore the part of Beethoven's Symphony Number no. Nine. Yeah. And I did not. I was like, why Christian like or like, I don't like, know. Or maybe it's like this joyous moment is really tainted because the the music starts getting really discordant. That's mm. the only thing I can think of. Mm. If it's not that, I don't I don't have it for you. Or maybe there's some horror film that plays this, and I'm not aware of. Maybe it. there's so many horror movies. But anyway, yeah. So Maya's sprinting through the woods, 
a la Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, the shot is exactly the same, except she's in the woods. Yeah. This is the only reference I got, guys. See, I didn't catch, <laughs> catch that, but I read that on IMDb. I was like, mm. oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so the music becomes discordant. She runs back to the road and then hops in the back of another truck that comes by. And she's just, I mean, completely distraught. It's really, really sad. Mm. But one year later, the village actually looks a lot more normal and peaceful. We see that another couple is waiting for their baby to be born. The woman goes to the outhouse, but in the reflection of the mirror, after she looks at herself, we see like the horrible visage of Miss Nate now. The husband hears his wife screaming and he goes in and we see that she's had like a late stage miscarriage, but like not because the, the ghost actually stole her fetus and is eating it. Yeah. And this is how the curse has changed into an arguably worse curse. Yeah. Because so, now I'm probably going to lose the baby and the mother. Yeah. Which the light thing that pissed me off was the, the dad, like, hears the, the, his wife screaming and immediately is like, what happened to my child? Is my child okay? It's like, your wife is bleeding wife out is on the floor. Bleeding. Like, yeah. So everything's worse, exactly like Rati said it would be. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is because it doesn't seem like this started happening until a year after, and Rati was already pregnant, so she would have already had her baby. So her baby should be fine. Hopefully. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. So there was like a year buffer where everyone who had a kid in the year, and they seem to be prolific. So probably a lot of kids are born in that year. Mm-hmm. And right. then now it's like game time, and it's horrible. But that's the end. Maya survives this ordeal. The curse is back and better than ever. You know, part two, the reckoning. And I would love a part two if, where she and Rati like figure it out. Go I another curse sorted only out. Only <laughs> don't want a part two because I'm like Maya. I want you to be as far away from this bullshit as you possibly can be. True. Yeah. Just, well, just Rati or- like breaking the curse and getting away with her child would be it great. could be like someone coming to the village to be like we're investigating all this crazy shit Maya told us. Mm. Mm, yeah okay Okay. mr anwar if you want to give us a call (laughs) or send us an email we're available for ideas and pitches yes we loved it this is a really good movie guys if you Mm -hmm. like horror i'd recommend you give it a try or even just action because it's just it it's so like like you said well paced with that one exception i think it was just like it didn't feel two hours long it was it was funny too and in addition to being like interesting Um, yeah I wonder if anyone else would find those scenes funny or if we just like have a very warped sense of humor. I mean, some um, of the dialogue is definitely supposed to be funny. It's really good. Go check it out. If you like folk horror, supernatural horror, even occult horror, definitely check it out. It's really good. I'm really interested in watching some more Indonesian horror movies. I don't let you know as soon as we get them. If we're going to be watching them for the show, we'll let you know. Of, of course. I don't think we have our movie for next week chosen yet. So we don't, but also I will say like, it often changes while we're recording. Change. So sometimes it does sometimes, change. Just know if you hear us mention something, it will come, but it might not come in the order that we mentioned. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes we have a little bit of trouble finding copies of the movie, or we're just like, I don't feel like watching that this right. week. So we just watch something else. Yeah. Um, or something else flows better after. Yeah. So something else will come next episode. We'll give you guys a head up, heads up on social media in case you want to watch first. But if you can, please rate and review on all platforms it really helps us garner more attention 
for some reason can be found at fsrpod.com and wherever podcasts are found and on Twitter and Instagram at fsrpodcast. Please follow us there. We love to hear from you. Interact with us however you can, even if it's just liking our stuff. It's great to see that people are out there listening to us. Yeah. So we love you. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye.